And I am Aware Now. Aware Now, the official platform for causes. Tune in and turn it up as we raise awareness one story at a time for the causes that tie us all together. Where nature promotes healing and community inspires courage, there you will find Camberwell Grief Sanctuary. Here, transformation through grief is possible. Mark and Kelly Parrish founded Camberwell to help those who grieve believe life can be beautiful again. For every cause, there's a community to support it. And when it comes to grief, Camberwell is that community. And because there is a person that inspires every purpose served, please tell us about your daughter, Katrin, who is the inspiration of Camberwell Grief Sanctuary. Go for it. Well, thank you. And thank you for the opportunity to share with you. Um, we have found that a lot of times um, people are, are nervous to ask about our daughter because she did pass. And they don't want to upset us. And and what we have found is it's more upsetting to not talk about her. You know, every family wants, or majority of families want to talk about their kids. And that's no different, whether she's in heaven or right here next to us. We're proud of all of our kids and want to talk about them. Um, so for Katrin, um, it's a joy to talk about her. She um, was just a gorgeous uh, human, inside and out, very tiny but mighty and um, was striking when she walked into the room. People, people noticed just because she, she had this glow or this, this beauty about her. Mm -hmm. um, she loved to laugh. She loved to make people laugh, but she had this ability to see a need um, to step up if there was somebody who needed to be supported. It was beautiful. And I learned as a mama watching her, how she loved on people who just needed that extra love. Um, she she knew early on who was who needed that special pat on the back, or um, if somebody was having a tough day, even as a kiddo, and that inspired me. And she also was super transparent about struggling. You know, she was very real about what she felt and troubles that she had, and she didn't sugarcoat because she felt if she stepped out and and told her story that other people could maybe benefit or be better. Mm -hmm. And I think that's always inspired us. Mm -hmm. As we work through our grief, we learned what God put in front of us in this beautiful child. How can we carry that forward? And what we found was if we can make somebody who is struggling and heartbroken, um, who just needs that extra hand to hold, uh, what a gift it is and what, what a way to bring Katrin back um, and her legacy and her beauty uh, you know it's a gift that God gave us and it gets to remain if we do it right so um, she was definitely an inspiration and a beauty for us right and she um, had those therapeutic gears you know I'm a marriage and family therapist been doing it for almost 30 years now but she she had those innate gears of supervised students and you just look for those students that can just do it you know just have the natural gears to be able to know when someone's hurting or know when someone needs someone to sit by and she would 
she knew no strangers. There was no, it didn't matter if you were different, if you were special, she was there with you. Like, and you know, she took some heat for that, but she was not going to change. She would fight for those who couldn't fight for themselves. Her friends were very eclectic and different and unique. And I think some of them are, are still lost to this day without her because she showed up for people when they needed it. Wow. What an incredible inspiration for, for all of the work that you're, that you're doing now. Um, you know, so with profound loss comes this profound grief to process your personal loss. Where did you begin? Where did you two begin? And, and where are you now? I just love to hear about this journey that led you to the founding of Camberwell. Well, for me, I mean, I talk about it because I mean, it's, I've learned a whole lot being honest, like about it. And, and I, I went to school for nearly six years and there's not a single class on it, on grief. I mean, we're, we're attempting to change that, you know, I want to, to, to have people have therapists be trained in grief because it's death is going to happen 100% of the time. Now, ideally, it's not going to be tragic or traumatic loss. However, you know, that first year is an incredible blur. Like you, you know, we didn't even know which way was up. And then the second year, it's worse because it's really real. Like you really know she's not coming home. I mean, the, the Christmases, the, the birthdays, the, the holidays, the seat at the table, you can just see that she's not here anymore. And then the third year, it starts to get a little better, but it's still a process. I mean, we're still working through it. It's forever. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, for me, um, it was so obliterating, you know, at the time, it, it, at the time she was our only child and we went from being this family to getting a call that changed our life in the split second and the world as we knew it was obliterated gone um it changed everything in a flash we i didn't get out of bed i didn't know how to function i didn't want to be in society i was not stable um everything i thought that was going to be in my future was was no longer a plan and it uh, it's very disorienting for a really 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 long time um and we will never be the same. No. Um, but in those early days for us, there were a lot of triggers. Um, obviously cars were a trigger, anything man-made. Uh, we spent time in the hospital, so any machine. Um, I didn't want to be around anything that was man-made. I wanted to be in nature. I wanted to see beauty that only God could create because um, I was disappointed in the world with with everything that happened so nature became almost an obsession because i could see beauty again where i couldn't see it for a long time and um, exercise helped because just for an hour or however long i could get out of the pain in my head and focus on exercising and and, and that helped uh, but i think too we really found that all we had for a while was our faith which we now know is all we needed. But at the time we, we even struggled with that because 
um, everything that we thought the world was and we thought our faith was 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 changing. We 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 knew we loved God. We knew we trusted Him, but we were pretty angry with Him and what happened. Mm -hmm. So even that, we had to really dig in and look at Scripture and look at our faith said and cling to it so we kind of had to reinvent and find all these new ways to deal with life that were very different from before and so i think that was kind of where the the original concept we just started going gosh i wish i could get grief support but i don't want to be in a building that's suffocating i want to be outside and i don't want to mm -hmm. you know i don't i want to exercise but i want to be able to cry and if i go to this class and cry out loud they're going to think I've lost my mind. Same with being outside. I I couldn't go to a park and just break down and cry because the people there would be worried or scared of me. So we just kept going, well, why can't we find a place that encompasses all of these ideas and that we feel safe if we want to cry, if we want to talk about grief, if we want to tell our story and it's okay. There's no expectation. And so we started kind of maybe meshing all these ideas together not knowing in the beginning what in the world it would even look like no and i think we you know being outside people don't really know this but trees trees outside promote rest and digest you know you know the internal systems of rest and digest where you know grief is fight and flight and so if you want to just change your change your divide you kind of mm -hmm. go outside and and be amongst nature, walk amongst the trees, and you'll, you know, because they emit oxygen, it'll help you on the inside. And, you know, grievers will talk about looking for signs in nature. You know, we, you know, Catron had the blondest hair on the planet and the bluest eyes you've ever seen. And so um, our little visitor was like, we had a yellow bird, you know, and so the goldfinch, which we'd see this goldfinch. And even in, crazy trips we'd take you know you'd see the the goldfinch his feathers turn gray in the winter but we would even spot the gray ones even in the wind it was insane so just with the touch of the gold on on them so we felt like she showed up for us out there in nature so that was a helpful thing yeah absolutely wow just such a beautiful beautiful story just like finding nature and finding peace there um you know so yeah i'll go a little bit so and then yeah. you know, this is called camberwell idea like we're i don't even know so it's a funny kind of story camberwell is a butterfly um it, it originated in england it's called the camberwell beauty butterfly and um it actually migrate that bur that butterfly migrated to the united states but in the united states it's known as the morning cloak butterfly and it's it's said that the that the butterflies has a cloak of mourning on it, but we thought that camber you know is curve and well as well, and grief is a big curve in your life, and we hope that you could curve well, and so that's where sort of the name originated. We had this idea about nature, but then the name sort of just came one day, and I started chasing some things down. I'm like, this is perfect, and you start searching, and can we can we do this? Um, and we had an idea in place, but then no place to have it, you know, and even that is the craziest story. Yeah. Because, um, you know, for me, there was ideas also, like I'm an idea person and Kelly and I went to visit our niece in Colorado 
and um, we had stumbled upon the John Denver Sanctuary, which is a place what, for John Denver's music that his wife kind of made for him, along with some other organizations. And it's got lyrics to the on the rocks and mm -hmm. places to sit, places to reflect, places to read, a little water piece that runs through it. And, and I thought to myself, minus this mountain behind us, we could do all, we could do all this in Kentucky. Nice. And, um, and so that's one, you know, of course you can't exactly find it. And that's even a crazy story in and of itself. So we looked at a couple of other places here in Kentucky, way too expensive, way too much for what we were attempting to do. And then we get this call one day um, about a property that was going to go on sale that day, I believe. And yeah. we were the third person to see this property out of maybe 13 showings. The first of which it offered a cash way above offer. So we're, we're driving around on the Polaris and the, the homeowner who built a lot of the, the, you know, the place itself Just with his own hands, yeah. milled with his own, like the trees on the property, what? with the beams that are in the pavilion, the stones, the stones from, the from the land are all created right there. And it was his baby and you could tell it. Yeah. And so he asked us, what do you guys want to do with this? And we talked about Katrin and, I, and he's driving and there's tears just streaming down this man's face. And he said, it's yours. He says, my best friend, my brother-in-law died in my arms right there on that hill. Right as, and he, and he says, it's yours. Yeah. And it was, there was no more showings. I mean, and from that moment on, then that's where it all began. Wow, how incredible, just all this alignment and synergy from the name to the place and, well, that will be done. Yeah. Wow, wow, so wow, wow. So much bigger than and that. And so much more beautiful than, <laughs> yes. than we could have even imagined. It's humbling. <sighs> It used to be a winery, ironically. So it was a winery. So there's this huge hill and it's, you know, hilly and trees everywhere and water. There's the little Kentucky River runs through it. So, and you just walk out there and you instantly feel peace. I mean, it's a little bit of a peace to get out, but not once you drive it, it's, it's no peace at all. You know, it's just there's, there's therapy, there's therapy the, in the it. The trek there. Mm -hmm. mm, that's so beautiful um so 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 you you have the name you have you have a place you have this and now it, it comes to the fact that just as people will grieve in different ways people heal in different ways so at this place then that you that you now had at Camberwell what different programs do you offer then that that support all these different processes that people go through? What what do you provide for people to, to find their way? Right. Well, there are um, there are so many different ways that people grieve, like you said, and um, there's no right way and there's no wrong way. And even the same individual from week to week can be pretty unpredictable in what they're drawn to. Mm -hmm. And so we just piece together different components and different elements that, you know, people would come to us and say, this helped me. And the research that we did, um, we found that we have a hiking trail 
that people can just just hike if they want just solitude. Um, we also have um, benches, memorial benches along the way. People can they can come and sit on at the bench of their loved one and eat or journal or pray or have a picnic. You know, lay some flowers down by a tree that we planted uh, in honor of their loved one. But we also offer um, trauma sensitive yoga. And that's in our outdoor pavilion. It's beautiful. There's usually a hawk that kind of comes by and checks on us on those mornings. And um, we do our grief support groups. They're facilitated out in the pavilion. We do, um, uh, we have massage therapy mm -hmm. that is offered. We have what's called Saturdays at the sanctuary. So once a month, we have all of our specialized programs offered throughout the day. And so that's usually like a retreat day once a month, people can come out and um, usually they make a day of it. Mm -hmm. um, but we also offer individual and family and, and uh, children therapy. So that's offered different places in our community. Um, two are housed in different churches throughout the counties. And then one is done at the sanctuary. Mm -hmm. Then we also offer seasonally, we call it the coffee and conversation night. We build a fire, even if it's warm out, just because we like to, to build a fire out in our pavilion. But And we just sit and get to know people. And that's a favorite because people who are kind of intimidated mm -hmm. to come to a grief group can just come grab a cup of coffee and, and just get to know the property. There's no, you know, there's no agenda. It's just a mm -hmm. time to, to commune with other people. So that's been super successful. And then... Um, we have a, uh, an annual women's tea. We have a men's event, which kind of changes from time to time. And then we have a children's event, which is the most inspiring thing to see the growth and the hope that kids can leave with. They come so nervous about what the day is going to be yeah. and what it's going to entail. And to see them leave with, with hope and a couple of strategies that they can carry with them. It does way more for the facilitators than it probably does for the kiddos. It mm -hmm. is the most beautiful thing to see the transformation. Um, and so um, that is new to our uh, program is the children's program. We're, we're, we're so thankful and humbled to be a piece of that. Um, we are in the future building an equine assisted therapy program and also um, something that's really exciting is our new capital campaign, which is a wellness cottage um, so that we can do year round programming. Right now we're pretty much at the mercy of the weather. So, um, you know, Kentucky is all about the seasons. So we are in the process of a wellness cottage, but to that, the most exciting piece for me, because I'm a kid at heart, um, is a children's therapy tree house that we are building in the woods. <sighs> Yes, for, for kids for who kiddos. lost parents or to be able to do counseling in a treehouse, which yeah. I think will be just absolutely amazing and yeah. life-changing. It's intimidating for kiddos to come anyway. Yeah. The, you know, the emotions that they carry, if we can at least help them to, to retain that, that childlike environment, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes the guard comes down a little bit mm -hmm. and it's a little easier to crawl up in a treehouse among the trees and stars or birds and and unpack all those feelings as opposed to a grown-up room you know mm -hmm. it, it's it's going to be a beautiful thing so 
those are some of the things that we offer we we also do celebrations of life we've had some you know a couple or three different celebrations of life where people have left audio messages for the loved ones and we sat up there and listened to the the messages that people left for this person for two hours you know just like so someone had just facilitated a process and tell me stories and so we listened to stories in the pavilion we've also um we had someone who um passed away that was in a band and his band came up and played and, you know sang you know just as a remembrance for him and and they rode motorcycles out so like we you know everything's possible there we 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 want to accommodate as best we can to help people remember and and, and bring a, a tiny piece of hope out of out of a very painful situation so and those have been special special days yeah you know one thing we did not anticipate when we were in the planning phase was obviously the pandemic and what we found not at all on our radar when we started was there were a lot of people that did not get to say goodbye properly or even in person and that is a trauma upon trauma yeah. so to be able to honor their loved one to have a memorial or a celebration of life to give them a little bit of closure um, when they didn't get to say goodbye properly has been um, very humbling to be a part of and um, definitely not what we saw coming but no. boy it's powerful and profound to see the healing and the hope that people can find there because they you know that piece was missing in their story and we are thankful to be able to to have a tiny piece in that as well well i know that i mean if they had told us that we couldn't say goodbye to katrin and they had locked us out of the you know of her room and been able it, i mean we'd have been arrested right so I cannot imagine those who have had to endure that to, you know, to be able to say goodbye behind glass or, or on an iPad, you know, because they couldn't, they weren't able to physically, you know, you don't want anyone to ever have to die alone, you know, or, and so that's, that is another one of those pieces that we just don't want to not capture. Yeah. It sounds like what you've created is something that's not just this special place, but very much a sacred space mm -hmm. for people to, to your point, to, to find hope, to find a way to heal in terms of their own and in the time of their own, right? Because there's a, there's a way to heal and there's a time for heal to heal. It's all very different for everyone. Um, and that you provide that, that space. And I think what you do more is not just provide the space, but hold that space. And there's a difference. Mm -hmm. right. Um, you know, so I, I was very curious about what you've got going on, the work that you're doing. And so in looking through your website, your beautiful site, I found this message, little by little, we let go of loss, but never of love. And that really struck me. So I guess my question for you both is what? are the different ways that people who are grieving can continue to hold on to that love and not not let it get lost right. again i think that's unique to the griever but one thing that we have found that probably is an overriding theme is being able to just give yourself permission to grieve 
and feel the waves because it is unpredictable. Um, and I think that a lot of times there's so much shock and pressure that society puts on a griever to get better or to move forward or to be different. And um, that pressure needs to go away because we all are gonna, we're all gonna ride that wave a different way. Um, and I think you just have to give yourself grace to figure out what that, that new world looks like. Uh, an example would be for me, everybody wanted to send photos and videos of Katrin as a little girl, and it was too brutal to look at. Mm -hmm. It it reminded me of what I could never have again with her. And it took a lot of work and a lot of time. And now I'm to the point where I want to see those because I don't, I don't look at it as this is something I'm never going to have again. I look at it as... I am so thankful I had it at all. And it's a beauty and a gift that I have had it. Um, so there are ways to hold those pieces, to let go of the pain and, and still carry that. But I think it's a journey that's different for everyone. You just have to give yourself permission and grace to let it unfold in front of you and, and not beat yourself up if you regress or if it doesn't look like somebody else thinks it should look yeah again like it's yeah awesome i mean i think that there's so many people do it so differently it's just like bananas how many people that i've talked to and the role you know rituals and how they go about continuing the love piece but you know back to celebrations of life or honoring birthdays and you know having even time set aside you know i usually will ask like what's the date you know and and if it's ours you know the accident is on 4-2 but then she actually passed away on 4-8 so at 402 to 408 you know six minutes of, of just honoring katrin and thinking about her and praying about her um just having a chance thinking about a memory one of the cool things that Kelly did it at our gravesite, or at Katrin's gravesite, was she put a journal there um, inside two Ziploc bags, and and it in in there it's sort of like write a letter, share a story, share a memory, and it's a place for people to go and actually write. So when they're there, and so there's people that write letters to Katrin at the gravesite. So there's a way to continue to love her. And we can experience people's love for her, you know, through those letters and through the the writings, mother-in-law and just all these different people have visited her friends and have picnics there. And so like, it just makes the place not so sad, you know, when you can still experience like the loving pieces or the memories of the last, you know, the last, the stuff that you haven't thought of. Right. I think that's also, it goes right along with the hope piece. Because I think before you can even begin to heal you have to know that there's a hope waiting yeah and once you know that one glimmer just that one teeny spark of hope that carries you into the next piece of how you're going to get help or how you're going to heal or how you're going to carry it forward so mm -hmm. yeah not to borrow from elsa and anna but you know <laughs> there's the the next right thing and I'm such an acronym guy and you would learn that by being around me, but one of the acronyms that I came up with for grief is right, R-I-G-H-T, even though it's not right, 
is recovery is the R and just like it's ongoing process and it's forever. Like mm -hmm. you're going to be forever recovering. Mm -hmm. The eyes immerse and just like you, like through baptism and being underneath the water, like you immerse yourself in the pain because the pain will change you. The, the, the grief will change you. And then because of that pain, I call it emotional weightlifting, just like going to the gym and lifting physical weight will change your physical body, lifting grief and, and emotion every day of your life, knowing how heavy that is, mm. will change you on the inside and allow you to cope with more, will allow you to love more because you appreciate more. And then the H is healing and hope, you know, healing and hope is restored. You start to heal and you start to get hope again. And then that T is transformation. And that's where Camber World was created is to be able to transform the stories, all the people, all the benches, all those, everyone that's up there has a story and we want those stories to be told so that that, that story might transform someone else and get them out of that spot. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's in sharing those stories that we can find hope, that we can find healing, that we can find comfort, mm -hmm. and just knowing that we're we're not alone in all of this. Um, you know, so I guess just a final question for both of you: It's for those who are just beginning to grieve, who have just experienced a loss. What advice? What advice would you give? Well, I think about just taking your time. I mean, first of all, let me just say this disclaimer. Like, there's a lot of, like, mass grief illiteracy out there. I mean, about what to do. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm on a campaign to get rid of I'm sorry for your loss. Um, because I tell people, I said, I did not lose my keys, my wallet, or my phone. And even though it's a pat phrase that people use a lot. Yeah. I would rather you say, I'm sorry. I'd rather you say, there are no words. I would rather you say, I'm sorry your life has been changed forever because it has. And so, you know, one of those things that when, when people are starting that journey, you, you're just really in a fog. Like you just don't know which way is up. You're not sure what's going to happen. And grief is actually defined as a change in a familiar pattern of behavior. And so like, you know, in 2020, we all grieve and grief is also mm -hmm. cumulative. So it's like this ginormous pile of laundry. So like if, if someone, if you experience a loss of a pet or anything, like it puts another piece of laundry on that pile and it never, you never wash that laundry. It's just continues to pile up. And some people's pile is small and some people's pile is like so high. It would just overwhelm me really. If I think about some of the stories of tremendous where people have lost entire families in, in one accident or you know it's just so that those piles can be enormous so that if you hear of someone like kobe bryant or someone that's, that you know that's famous or the queen even and you watch grief then it will remind you of your mom it will remind you of your daughter it will remind you so it takes you there and so you know practical steps is drink a lot of water because you're going to shed a lot of tears um you know, another one is, you know, just give yourself permission to not do anything. Like some days mm -hmm. you have well intentioned, I'm going to come to the sanctuary and they just don't show up because grievers are, you know, tricky. Mm -hmm. They want to, well intentioned, but it's mm -hmm. just too heavy that day. I can't carry it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, Kelly's a journaler. And so there's, there's that piece. Right. 
I think that's important. Even in the beginning, you know, I think there were days when I just scratched out the page, but it was an outlet somewhere. Um, again, I think you just have to go easy in those, those early days because nothing is going to look like it used to. And you have to give yourself whatever grace that is, if that's sleeping, if that's uh, sitting on the couch doing nothing, if that's going for a run, whatever that is, not putting the pressure on yourself. Um, but I think you have to understand too that you can't stuff it because grief will come out. So there are a lot of people that want to just, I'm just going to push through, I'm going to push through. And that might work for a minute, but it will find a way out. And usually it's pretty ugly if it finds its way out and you're not expecting it. Mm. Um, so I think that that's a piece of it. I think also just to be practical in um, thinking ahead of the dates, that that was alarming to me. Um, you know, she, you know, our daughter had an accident and then she passed days later. And so we have multiple dates that we mourn, that we know things happen. And those first couple of years, we were in a like fight or flight mode because we knew it was coming and we didn't know what to do. Like, do we do nothing? Do we honor her? Do we, and we were too exhausted to plan any, yeah. any event. But I think you have to, again, go easy and know there are dates that are going to trigger you mm -hmm. Christmas or whatever holiday you, you found special in your family, birthdays, anniversaries. These are all going to be things that at some point you might try to get a plan. I always get a plan A and a plan B and mm -hmm. a plan C. Mm -hmm. This is what I'd like to do. I don't have energy that day. I'm going to do this or I may do that, you know, but have somewhat of a plan. Um, also a good tip that someone told me was when you go places, especially in the early days, park where you know you can get out fast because you might be in the middle of a dinner party and something triggers you and you just need to get up, walk to your car and drive away and be okay with that. But have that escape plan because he, sometimes grief is tricky and you don't know when it's going to hit you. Mm -hmm. And um, you learn those. You learn those triggers as time goes by, but it's always helpful to have somebody let you know those things um, ahead of time. Well, it helps. Well, when you do, you, I count ceiling tiles. I count light fixtures and rooms. You know, like if you're trying to reorient to the now or you get overwhelmed, like... We've been to only a handful of weddings and during the father-daughter dance, I can get overwhelmed because just, you know, you place yourself there. And um, I, I, I've changed my philosophy of life. I tell people all the time, if you want to simplify mental health, you know, rewind is depression and fast forward is, is anxiety. And so I said, you need to get rid of those two buttons on your remote and all you need is play and pause. So it's either play or pause. And because rewind takes you back into those memories and it can get you, it can really yeah. cause you to go down a rabbit hole and fast forward, like this negative forecasting a lot of times and mm -hmm. you just start to forecast this negative picture and can't get it out of my head. So I just stay in the moment I'm in, pull out, pull on. And, you know, men, for example, I mean, if I'm talking to guys out there, guys in grief, you know, our brains are wired to fix problems. You know, if you talk about a problem, our brains go instantly to fix it. And the, the dilemma for men is they can't bring this person back. They can't, they can't fix it. And yeah. so men have a real hard time 
knowing how powerless feels like and i can tell people you know i work in grief and addiction have this tragic relationship with one another where one causes the other and vice versa you know grief can lead to addiction and addiction can lead to grief so i mean and i work with both and and i tell people all the time that the pain is not going to kill you i mean the pain will not kill you the grief will not kill you but substances can and they do so you know, do everything you can in terms of the natural method of going through grief and, and learning how to handle it, you know, on your own terms and allowing it to change you. Right. Yeah, there's a beauty in the ashes. Um, you won't see it in the beginning, but with that hard, hard, heavy, emotional weightlifting, God, God finds a beauty and places it in front of you in places like Camberwell that we never mm -mm. would have known. We certainly didn't see us on this path at all. No. But so grateful that, that we were trusted with a little part of it. Absolutely. And, you know, this is to the old adage of sharing is caring. And the, mm -hmm. the fact, you know, sharing stories and how that um, you're able to care for others just in the sharing um, of, of what you've been through, of, of the place that you've built um, for people to come and to find hope to find healing. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Thank you so much for making all of us just a bit more aware now. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're welcome. God bless. Tune into our podcast, subscribe to our magazine, Find us and join us online. Visit IamAwareNow.com. We will no longer wait for permission to change the world. Together, we are aware now.